I, and we're flying by the seat of our pants today because we have a special edition of Sports Scene in this 10 to 12 time. We have Andrew producing. We have Jeff Cardozo alongside today. I love that. And we're going to talk hoops and other sports, but mostly hoops because the madness begins in just about an hour. And speaking of madness, my next guest, Mark Wise <laughs> in the house. Mark, it's almost ready, baby. <laughs> you know, guys, I got to tell you, uh, for a hoop junkie, uh, simply put, today and tomorrow are the two best days of the year. The only drawback about being in the tournament, working the tournament, is that you don't get to sit down in front of a television starting here soon and, and watch about 14 straight hours of hoops. So hopefully if the Gators can survive to, uh, tonight, and uh, I will get that opportunity somewhere here in Dallas tomorrow because it, it is simply the best. All right, if you have questions for Mark, call us, 392-8255. You can email one to srussell at wruf.com. Mark, I already got a couple here via the email. Uh, Steve says, the easiest way for me to identify our defense is locked in is when we get transition scoring opportunities via steals, blocks, etc. Probably the most important thing to look for tonight. Do you agree, Mark? Um, I think the, the biggest thing for Florida defensively tonight is the challenge three-point shot. Uh, again, you can't run offensively unless you get stops or get turnovers, and, and I just don't think you're going to turn over St. Bonaventure with the veterans that they have out on the perimeter at a high rate. But you do need to uh, challenge shots because in their wins, the Bonnies are shooting 43% from beyond the arc, and in their losses, they're shooting 32%. I think that's one of the keys is to try and keep their shooting percentage from bonus land around 35 36%. If they do that, I think they'll be okay defensively. Which team do you think goes the farthest in the tournament from the SEC? Uh, I think Tennessee is built to go the furthest. They have the biggest balance between offense and defense. They have the most balance between inside and out and how they can score and how they can beat you. They have a toughness about them. Uh, the only drawback for Tennessee is an experience factor. Um, but I look around at most teams uh, in the country, and with the exception of just a, a few teams, I mean, just a few teams, even – Florida doesn't have a plethora of guys that played in the NCAA tournament last year. And so uh, I, I, Kentucky doesn't have any. And, and, you know, that's where a team like Wichita State may have an advantage. A team like Cincinnati may have an advantage. But other than that, um, I think Tennessee is built to go the furthest in the tournament. Okay. Got a question uh, for you from Byron. Byron, hello. Hey, Steve. Do you hear me? Gotcha. Uh, hey, good afternoon, uh, guys. And I just wanted to call in because I love you guys. Show Coach Wise, Steve, uh, Cardoza, Jeff. And I just wanted to say, I, I think, Coach, Coach uh, Wise, I want to ask you about Kayvon Allen. Do you think this year he yeah. was pushing too much and too much stress was on him? And that uh, he was just, uh, uh, I hope he settled down in the tournament. I'm going to hang up and listen, guys. But, uh, Coach Wise, I've retired now because you wouldn't come on and coach with me. And I'm just out here fishing. I'm going to get back to watch the game. But we got to take in an EWF concert sometime and do some coaching. And I love you guys. Show go, Gators. All right, Byron, thanks. 
Uh, I'm all for any EWF concert. So uh, let me put that out there first. You know, Kayvon Allen has had a very uneven junior year, but I got to tell you, uh, if you go back and look at last year's NCAA tournament run, everybody wants to remember that he had 35 against Wisconsin, which was great. He needed every one of those 35 and a miracle shot at the end. But outside of that game and the other three games, Allen did not play well. So his inconsistencies as a shooter, as a scorer, uh, certainly are not restricted to this year. Uh, I, I said from the very beginning I didn't like him as a backup point guard. I understand why he had to be. Uh, and I think Mike White and the staff's hand, uh, hands were a little cuffed in making that decision because uh, who else are you going to put there? But he's not a point guard. You never want your shooting thinking like a point guard. Um, but if Florida's going, what Florida cannot afford to have happen tonight or any other game going forward is they can't afford all three of those guys to go south at the same time. And I'm talking about Igor and Allen and Hudson. Uh, they've got to have two of the three playing well, uh, or, or else this will be one and done of a different variety. Let me speak to that just real quick. Yeah. I've said all along, and you've heard me, Steve, for years now say that the expectation level for the Florida fan should be to get in the NCAA tournament every year and everything else is bonus. I stand by that. If they win tonight, it has been uh, – that's gravy. I mean, the outstanding accomplishment has been done now, and you never want to take that for granted because – there are teams in the NIT. I just did an NIT game the other night, and, um, the, you know, they, they love the fact that they're in the NIT, but they are bemoaning the fact that they're not in the big tournament. Mark, you, uh, you, you made me feel good because I said Tennessee to the uh, the same question when, when I was asked. So a baseball guy, it makes wow. uh, yeah. I actually feel like I'm, I'm smart, but I, you know, I, I don't agree with your theory on the, the watch in every game, and, and maybe this is where you can crush me, but like, I used to love it when I used to watch like one game, and then all of a sudden with 37 seconds left, they switch to Bucknell versus you know, some random team, and then you see it down the stretch. Like That excited me more than wanting to turn on Bucknell and some random team right from the tip. So I now that there's too many games on, I think it's almost like overload. But I guess for for your point, it is cool to just sit there and watch nonstop hoops all day long. Uh, no question about it. Um, I, I agree with you in some way. There was some um, mystique about the fact that it was only on one network and they would cut in. It was almost like like live look-ins sure. around the country. And now that you have, you know, now that you have true TV and false. TV and, and uh, <laughs> TNT and TBS and, and what, CNN covering the turn. I don't know. I can tell you I could not find True TV uh, in the hotel here last night, so had to go find that in some way. Uh, so it, it, it's a it's a different day of the way the the term is covered, and yet there's too much money involved uh, to think that it'll ever go back. Mark, let's talk about the matchup tonight because we all know how strong the Bonnies are at the guard position. Given what they have or don't have on the inside, what's that matchup like inside when you look at Florida and St. Bonaventure? 
almost bonus points. Anytime either one of these two teams uh, gets bon- gets points from um, their five men, block to block, any kind of production, I think it's bonus. I think it's a huge key in the game uh, tonight, and, and one that I'm going to talk about on the air because when Florida played St. Bonaventure in the second game of the year last season in Lakeland, Agbunu went for eight and ten, and Hayes in a support role went three and three points and three rebounds. So that gave him from that position a total of 11 points and 13 rebounds. I can't even tell you the last time Florida had from that position 11 points and 13 rebounds in any game this year. I know back late in the year, I mean Bassett late in the year, uh, went for 12 in the game against Auburn. But um, Florida needs something from that combination of the three guys that play the five position. Hayes, Gack, and Bassett. They need something around 10 and 10 tonight. Uh, it just puts uh, way too much pressure on the perimeter. St. Bonaventure's perimeter guys are better at making their own looks than Florida's uh, guards are. So that's a, that's a huge concern. Um, you know, when things break down, scoring in the half court becomes really, really difficult anyway. But in the NCAA tournament, I think it's magnified because players tend to be more locked in on the defensive end on every possession. So the guys that can just create their own, make their own, uh, they're at an advantage. Mark, a lot of times Gator fans have gotten really excited at the way this team has started games. I mean, heck, to the Arkansas game, and they get off to these leads and double digits at some times, and then they seem to always allow teams to get back in it. So is there an importance to doing that again, or... Is there maybe an importance the other way where if St. Bonaventure actually gets off to a good start, that might trigger something within Florida to, to get a little more pissed off or play a more aggressively? Do, do, do you think the beginning of the game has any indication of how the rest of it's going to be? None whatsoever. Um, it's a game of runs. Um, yeah, again, I've talked on Steve's show you know, when people talk about they blew a 13-point lead with 13 minutes to go, mm-hmm. that has no relevance whatsoever in our game because the, if the next two possessions, your opponent knocks down a couple of threes and it's a seven-point game with 12 minutes to go, we never say they blew a seven-point lead with 12 minutes to go. Sure. So my, my rule of thumb is a double-figure lead with five minutes to go. If, if you lose from that point forward, you have, quote-unquote, blown the lead. Other than that, it's just a game of runs. Uh, And nobody talks about when the other team uh, gets out to a quick start and Florida catches them in the first half. Nobody nobody ever talks about that. So it's a game of runs. It's no different for Duke. Uh, It's no different for Gonzaga or Florida. Got a question for Mark. This is your last call for that as he joins us as he gets ready for the broadcast tonight, 392-8255. And if you want to email a quick question for him, russell at wruf.com. Well, Mark, <clears throat> you've kind of done this a little bit already, but uh, further breakdown tonight. Uh, if Florida wins, this happens. If St. Bonaventure wins, this happens. Well, I think if Florida wins, uh, two of the three um, – Outside shooters have to play really well in terms of Allen, uh, Kulichdoff, and Hudson. I think they've got to get something from that five-man position. I, if Florida wins, that means that that tells me that they attack the matchup zone efficiently. Um, if St. Bonaventure wins, the guy that, that is playing so well that no one wants to talk about is Courtney Stockard. Uh, 
Uh, he's given them the third guard in their lineup. He's the Juco transfer in his last five games. He's averaging better than 23 points a game, and he had 26 Tuesday night against UCLA. And he's a, a, a compliment that St. Bonaventure did not have when they played Florida last year uh, because everybody knows that Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley uh, are just simply fantastic, maybe as good as any pair of guards in the country as a scoring tandem. Adams averages just under 20 points a game, Mobley at 18 and a half. Mobley is the volume shooter. Adams is the better scorer. So Stocker gives them a legit three-guard option where any of the three can get 20 from any uh, point in time. You know, it's interesting. I, I didn't realize this, that St. Bonaventure, when they beat UCLA Tuesday night, uh, that was their first NCAA tournament win since 1970. Yeah, Bob Lanier. That, that goes back very much to the Bob Lanier days. And then I that got me thinking, well, let me look up exactly what Florida's history is. And here's the thing that I was just absolutely amazed at. We all know that this is Florida's 19th year in the tournament. We know the back-to-back championships, the final four runs that they've had and in, in, that include 2000 and 2014. But did you know that Florida's winning percentage in the NCAA tournament is at .716? Almost 72% of the games. They're 42 and 16 overall. And that got me thinking, well, who's better than that? Because... 50% in the NCAA tournament is really, really, really good. So, would it surprise you to know that can, that Florida's NCAA tournament all the time is better than Kentucky's? Wow. It, not by a lot, but it's better than Kentucky's. There are only three programs in the country that have a better NCAA tournament than the Gators do. And I was surprised, not by the teams, but that Florida was that high. And, of course, it won't take a rocket science to figure this out. It's Duke, North Carolina, and UCLA. So wow. from, a, from a historical perspective, what Florida has been able to do in the NCAA tournament is pretty special. Yeah, and, and people don't realize seven of the last eight times they've been in it, they've made the Elite Eight. Like that's it's just hard to fathom. Which is fabulous. Yes, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that means you're going three and one every year. That, I mean, I, I'm just telling you, it, when people ask, well, how far can they go? How deep of a run can they make? You have no concept of how hard it is to win one game in the tournament. Ask Steve Alford. Even ask the head coach at North Carolina Central. Yeah. No, they got waxed last night. Mark, uh, free throws are always such a big part of the, the NCAA tournament, too. And, and we know Florida was so good at the beginning of the year, and it's slowly gotten down to about, right. what, 71, 72 percent. Is, is that a mentality? Like, what, why have they been different from what they were at the beginning of the year? Because, I mean, you've got to make free throws if you're going to win these games. No question about it. Uh, it's a huge part. I think the, the biggest mystery to me is Jalen Hudson. I don't worry about the rest. I think that. I think Allen will be fine. Chioso will be fine. Uh, Stone is fine. Igor is fine. Uh, but Hudson's free throws are, are a huge mystery to me. How a guy can shoot 41% from beyond the arc and struggle so at the line. I've always said free throw shooting is about two things and two things only. It's about repetition. Are you doing the same things? Do you have the same form? Are your feet spread the same way? Do you bounce the ball the same amount of times? 
It's all about repetition. And then the other one is from the neck up. It's all about confidence. And I have to believe uh, from Hudson's perspective, and he's struggled with it all year. It's not like he, you know he, he, he hasn't slumped lately. He's been inconsistent at the all season long. Simply has to be a confidence uh, factor. So if you're looking for something early, if he gets to the free throw line early, uh, I think it'll be it'll be really huge for his confidence whether or not he's able to make that. We saw that in the Arkansas game in the SEC tournament. He went to the line in the first segment of the game, went 0 for 2, and struggled the rest of the night uh, shooting the ball. So uh, that that's been the big mystery to me has been Jalen Hudson at the line. Okay, we're going to end with a phone call from Mark from Porter. Porter, hello. Porter, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay. I didn't hear the telltale sign. Hey, uh, uh, Mark, great to hear your insight. Um, not having seen uh, Bonaventure play often, I saw the other night in Stockard, I thought was just obviously incredible. But he wasn't just a hot shooter. To me, it, it was like he, he, had, he had game. You know, anybody can, can, can be hot from the outside, hitting shots and that kind of thing. But that wasn't the impression I got from him. You know, so like, maybe he, you know, he might be coming into his own. Uh, that kind of thing, and I, you know, I don't want to see that same guy playing again tonight. Um, can can we? Do you think we should try and run with them? I mean, to the, uh, try and get out and speed the game up. Does that work in our favor, or with them having the three star guards, does that work against us? What's your take on that? Well, I don't think, uh, regardless of the opponent, Florida has to get out. They're just a better team in transition, and that doesn't mean that you have to get a stop and a rebound either. Uh, Florida sometimes is at their best when you score and they get it into Shields and he throws it down the floor at Hudson. That look becomes better than any look you might get in the half court executing your offensive set. So from that standpoint, I hope they, they keep that up. i got to tell you now, this, these three guys for St. Bonaventure, they all have games. They all have. They are what I would call first pick guys on the uh, when you're playing down at the rec gym. All three of these guys you would want on your team: uh, Adams, Mobley, and, and Stockton. So uh, it'll be a tough matchup. I think both teams' strengths both uh, are out on the perimeter. Um, I, I think again, I would be shocked that this isn't a one or two possession game. Uh, at the end, and then you, you've got to have guys that are willing to make and take the big shot in the biggest moment. Porter, thank Absolutely. you. I told, oh, go thank ahead. you. All right. Thank you, Porter. Appreciate your call. My friend, we thank you for taking time in Dallas, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Have a great call. All right. Thanks, guys. You got it, See Mark. Ya. Thank you. Mark Wise joining us here uh, on Sports Scene. 120 or 11, one, 11.23. Time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Drillery with the answer is always yes. Jeff and I the rest of the way, so call us up. We've got some Facebook Live stuff to get to. Email us here on Sports Scene.